0: and we're recording hey man how's it going dude i am doing very well um went and had thanksgiving with the family ate a lot of turkey um finished up our our hiatus while we were in thanksgiving and and we're back have you
1: had time to watch the mandalorian yet
0: Okay, I have not, but I hear such good things about it that I'm waiting for it to all come out and then binge watch it. But tell me, I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. is taking over the internet. It's, yes.
1: it's so so cute. I, uh, I like it. I just like the idea. It feels like a Star Wars movie, but it's spread out through enough episodes that it's not like normally in a Star Wars movie. You're crammed in a couple hours, but this is spread out through an entire season. So we're gonna be but it but it still is filmed like the movie. It's 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 not as high quality as a movie, but it's pretty good. And it's just yeah, it's good stuff. I'm getting more backstory, I'm getting uh, more time to just go on adventures with these
0: uh these characters.
1: It's it's just fun.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you would you say that you need to have watched more than say well, okay, so here's the thing. I want to be able to sit down with Ginny and watch it. But she doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, Star Wars lore in the back of her mind. Yeah. And I only have episode four, five, six and the latest ones that have come out. I haven't watched Clone Wars. I haven't watched the prequels like we've talked about, which I should because they're on Disney Plus and I have it. But if Ginny and I just wanted to sit down and watch The Mandalorian, would she get it or would she be very confused as to what's going on? Yeah, she'll get it. And she'll think Baby Yoda's cute.
1: And you will get more references to some of the other things that happen in the show. Like there will be something sitting on a table, and that's something you've seen in other other movies. And uh, she might not understand that reference, but it doesn't matter. She'll she'll still see the you know, get the main story. But for you know, true Star Wars fans, they get so much extra. And, the, and none of the the first three really matter except like the Clone Wars. Um,
0: yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Okay, okay, because yeah, I need to, I, uh, I need to, I need to watch those. Well, I'm gonna have some extra time because, um, as you know, um, I'm moving. I'm moving um, a thousand miles away, moving back down to family down south. Um, and Jenny's gonna be doing that this weekend. I will still be here in Charlottesville for another week, so I'm I'm gonna have some extra time on my hands. I'm gonna need to watch these Star Wars movies and get back to you. Speaking of watching stuff, I've been watching some Ray Winderlick videos lately. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: I wanted to add a couple things to our app at work and uh man, it's getting to the point now where this the Ray winterlick Library has so many screencasts and so many articles that you know most of the major topics that I'm wanting to, you know, investigate or play with, there's great material and great examples and great tutorials available. So I'm uh I'm I'm getting into that lately. It's uh it's been pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Did one with cool. um some background uploading and background processes and there's uh like a, it's like a two or three liner that you can add in your app and it will cause the app to continue running for up to like three minutes after you, you minimize it. So if you were doing something, uploading or anything, it'll continue running like it was running full screen normally. And then, uh, it, you know, a couple of minutes later, you get a, an alert from the system uh, telling you how much time you have until it's going to close, but you're able to do stuff. And, um, I've been taking advantage of it. It's really nice, but what was really cool is the example on Ray Wenderlich was just exactly what I needed. It was like five minutes long, great little video went through the code. It was very simple and I was able to be up and running within like an hour or two um, of, you know, just having the idea, finding the, the tutorial going through it, adding it to my stuff and testing it. And so, yeah, pretty pleased.
0: That's awesome. Ray Wenderlich stuff is so, so good for, iOS, Android, even Unity developers, so many good tutorials. Um were you just by um well you, you were talking about background upload uploading were you using dispatch queues for that or like was it something yeah. else? Yeah. Yes, was, but right? the
1: my problem was I needed those to continue running after the app was closed. So the um the the article that I was looking at recently was it was called finite tasks and it allows you to uh, just tell this tell the system that this app needs to continue running. And, you know, if there was enough pressure or you had enough other apps or or if you force killed it, um, it would go ahead and close. But if none of those happen, if the user got a phone call or just minimized the app, it would continue to run. And so I was watching my wife the other day and she's using the mail app that we were working on and she opened the mail app. She marked an email as deleted and then immediately closed the app. And so as the programmer, I know when she swiped to delete, I sent off a network request to the server telling them it's deleted. But if she minimizes it before that gets sent, then it's not deleted yet. And and there's a lot of edge cases that if you close it quick enough that I have no time to finish. But if I get, you know, and I can finish these in three minutes. Sure. Um, So if I you know, added that to that app, I would have been able to, you know, she could swipe all she wants, minimize the app, and it would continue to run like she would expect. And a lot of other apps are doing this, like Google Photos will do this. Um, You'll notice that if you um, are uploading with Google Photos and then you you close the app, they will still continue to upload. And the system only gives you a couple minutes, so you can't get your entire library uploaded, but you will get some of the the pictures and videos that you were just looking at or or just recorded. So it's, it's used by a lot of people. It was easy to implement and Ray Winderlick's website just made it like really easy to conceptualize and
0: and uh, figure out. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I love Ray, w- Ray Winderlick again. I have I think the pro membership is like ten bucks a month. Highly it if you're interested in iOS development.
1: So, what would you pay for that membership with?
0: Oh. I would pay with it, uh, pay it with my new Apple card. Okay, this is a terrible cheesy uh, segue,
1: but uh, okay, tell me about this Apple it's card. Classic.
0: I don't have the card yet. Been looking
1: at it. It looks awesome. It sounds awesome when you drop it because it's like aluminum. But you know, tell yeah, me all about it. How was the sign up process? Have you used it at a store yet? Is it all scratched up? Did you hear that? Oh no, I didn't do it again. Oh, that sounds like
0: quality. <laughs> it's it is quality. Imagine you took a MacBook Pro. Flattened it out to like three millimeters, and then made it really tiny, <laughs> like a three inch by two inch. And boom! That's the Apple Card. Well, so here's the thing: I was watching the uh SEC Championship game. I think it was last weekend, and they had an ad for it, and they ha- showed how you can apply right there inside of the Wallet app. I was like, I didn't know that's how you did it. I thought you like had to go through the website and do the whole no. You go into the wallet app, you press a button, and you are applying for it. And it. The whole process maybe took forty-five seconds, maybe a minute, and it was like, "Yep, here you are approved." It'll be there in three to five days, and here is the, the card just added to your wallet. Boom! It was such a smooth process. Um, and then, yeah, they they shipped me this card just like an Apple product, you know, just like Apple would do it. You know, they sent it through UPS, it arrived at my door. Wow. Um, sorry, Siri is sorry thinks Siri thinks that I'm talking to it for some reason. Wake oh, me up at 3 a.m.
1: Wake me up at 3 a.m. Yeah, did she get it? <laughs> Dang,
0: it did not get it. But so it arrived in a little white sleeve, kind of like you would get an Apple gift card in, and had you know just some little a little you know piece of paper that you just pulled on, and it came out and. It feels so good. It's weighty. It looks nice. It doesn't have the card number on it. The back just has the Goldman Sachs and MasterCards logo. And, man, it's really nice. Haven't used it for anything, but I really like looking at it.
1: <laughs> you haven't used it at a store or anything?
0: I have not used it anywhere yet.
1: Okay. that's. I'm wanting to find out, are they going to have like very uh, stringent... Um, like fraud policies where they, they're constantly blocking the card um, or if they do have to issue you new cards. Like there's a lot of questions I still have on it, like credit limit. Um, is it accepted everywhere? That kind of stuff. But um, it, it's neat. I'm seeing, there's several, I know several people that have it now, but I haven't taken the plunge myself.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, so credit limit for me, it ended up being surprisingly low. It was only like a thousand dollars, which I mean, I'm fine with. It's not like I'm going to be buying a ton of stuff on it anyway. Um And then with the way the card works, um, you know, the titanium card, it should theoretically, theoretically work anywhere. Um, Cool. I don't know how true that is, but we'll see. My plan is I'm going to put my rent on this and get the uh, 1% cash back or what have you. And uh, or maybe online. I think online you get 2%, something like that. And that pays for a subscription right there. Like that pays for my Audible subscription. Nice. Um, yeah, so thinking that's what I'm gonna do, because I have to say the rewards are you know are not not bad. They're nothing to sneeze at, that's for sure. But like I don't know if you can hear this.
1: You're just bragging now. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll let me get mine. You hear that?
0: Nope. No, I don't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I recommend that. You should give it a shot. I mean even if it's just to look at it and have a nice little piece of aluminum in your pocket, it's worth it. Nice.
1: Cool man. Okay, what else? We have a whole list of uh, things you wanted to go over. We haven't talked in; it's been a couple of weeks. We had the the holidays come up. I had was on vacation last week. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff caught up, or a lot of stuff happened. Um, let's just knock through. Let's knock through this list.
0: Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Um, well, first thing I wanted to talk about was the Mac, um, and you know we've we've had our back and forth discussion about Mac OS, and you know our problems with apple you know apple's limitations on the software and the hardware or what have you but at the same time you know i've been using my macbook pro and realizing you know just how nice it is the fact that it is so seamless with my phone with my watch with my apple tv i could be watching a video like on facebook i can just airplay to my tv things just things just work so well and i feel like we take a lot of what Apple has done for granted because everybody has something negative to say about Apple. It feels like these days. Um, but I remember the snow leopard days, man, Mac OS was magic, you know, (laughs) like there was windows seven that was out. I mean, it wasn't bad, but Mac OS felt like it, it felt like a lollipop. It looked like a lollipop, you know, It did, and we had, you know, app creators like Panic, yeah, you know, creating apps like, like Coda. Then there was BB Edit. There was BB Edit was not from Coda, but there there was Transit. iMovie was amazing. I remember seeing like screenshots of Aperture. You remember Aperture?
1: Yeah. So Apple, back in those days, every app that you used, at least in, in my my clouded rose color glasses memory, um nothing crashed it was solid they looked neat they had the features you wanted they were uh novel but this is also because i just switched from windows around that time um
0: same yep and
1: i didn't have that you know in windows we would have you know winrar which does a great job but it doesn't look pretty and then on mac you'd have i don't know whatever mac unzipping tool which would have some sweet animation and a cool progress bar and the buttons were like jelly beans and you just It just looked cool. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. And we've kind of lost that once iOS seven came out and they started doing this flat UI design on, on the Mac. Uh, We lost some of that, but, and and stuff seems to crash more, but man, yeah, back in, back in that time period, it was so cool.
0: It was, it was so cool. Like even prior to snow leopard, like the Panther and tiger days, um, with the G five, the, uh, the 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 iMac G5 and G4s like it looked great then too. Um, it just really didn't hit its stride. I feel like until Snow Leopard, and it was on it was like on Intel machines. I mean, it was in on Intel machines with Tiger too. Don't get me wrong, but I for me, I think it was just because same thing. I switched from Windows. I think I was using Windows Vista beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Linux smattered throughout there, and yeah, man, every everything worked really well. But at the same time, yeah, you're right i I think I my machine kernel panicked three times last week um, at some point the touch bar just quit working. I think I have a limit of a Mac personally um but it it I, I don't know i I still really appreciate how good looking Mac OS is still but I, I do wish it was more stable. I feel like Apple has just not ha, has I, I'm having a hard time explaining it because it's not like they've they've completely missed out on their original vision but i feel like they're not paying attention to the details that they should be yeah they've been so focused on making something as pretty as possible or as thin as possible and have not been focusing on performance stability battery life that sort of thing the stuff to that to me really matters
1: they they no longer wait until it's done it feels like they want to release something every fall. So a new mm-hmm. version every year. And recently they've, they've had some restraint where they could announce something at WWDC. Like this year, they announced that in iCloud, you would be able to share a folder and then um, all, and all the documents in the folder would be shared instead of just sharing individual files um, on, on with, with iCloud on the web. Mm-hmm. They announced a feature at WWDC, but then when it, um, when iOS and, and macOS were released this fall, they pushed it or they delayed it until a future uh a future patch. So I, I like them doing that because it wasn't ready in, in uh the beta. But I guess for the last five years, it seems like they really wanted to hit that that cadence and a lot of the things that they were releasing were just buggy. Um, and I mean an iPhone is still doing the same thing. Like iOS 13 we're on iOS 13.3 and we're only i don't know 2 or 3 months, uh maybe maybe 4 months into it but mm-hmm. iOS 12 is only at 12.4 so you know iOS 13 is, has had almost as many patches as 12 and 12's been out a year, over a year. Right. So, you know, I I am definitely seeing um you know 13 was buggy. Um but if macOS I haven't had any issues really with Catalina. It's been it's been pretty boring as far as there's. I, I'm not having any weird stuff happen. Oh um, no! You're talking about having your touch bar um, mess up. Mine did the same thing the other day. That's a bummer because you're like you have no insight. It's it's you're totally locked out of it. It's it's a uh, just a box and you you have no control. You have no insight. No diagnostics. You can't see anything. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work enough to turn it off.
0: That's that's exactly what I had to do. It, it just was a black bar. It just never. It's yeah. as if it never even turned on. Um, had to reset my Mac a few times before it like started coming back. But talk about a weird issue. But beyond that, I mean, I've had kernel panics with this Mac even in Mojave, and now it it seems to be no more or less stable. Um, I'll be honest though, at this point, the Mac OS versions are all starting to run together for me.
1: They're not as exciting anymore. Like I don't. I don't even pay attention or, or remember the names of the the most recent versions, like Mavericks and High Mavericks and and Snow Mavericks and whatever all the new versions are. Um, right, they're, they're all kind of blurring together. Whereas before, you know, Lion. Oh wow, you know, Mountain Lion. I remember.
0: I loved Mountain Lion.
1: They were cool, and and now it's they're you know Sierra, High Sierra. Like I don't, it all blurs together. Okay, TJ. Yes. What apps do you use on your Mac that are not? the stock ones that are built in.
0: So I'm going to go with, you know, the, the apps that aren't just, you know, Oh, I use Firefox and Spotify. Well, everybody uses stuff like that, you know? No, I don't
1: know those. That's, that's right. Keep going. Really? Yeah. So Spotify, Firefox.
0: Yeah. I use, but I think that the magic comes in with these smaller, more indie apps, um, where I still see, how nice the Mac is. I'm still a textmate user. Um I use Textmate 2. It's open source. It's the pink flower icon. Yep, the pink flower. It's a been it's a text editor that's probably I mean, Textmate 2 has probably been around for actually let's look at the about um screen real fast. I've been using that one lately just because I
1: wanted um some like scratch pad that I could paste things into and it wouldn't yep. convert my quotation marks into the curved quotation marks.
0: Oh, good call. Yeah. Um so, TextMate has been around since 2004. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it's open source. It's really, really solid. I don't I don't feel like people uh, use it enough or... No. You know, so many people use VS Code these days. Um, VS
1: Code, Atom, um, yeah. TextMate. Um, there's, there's a bunch of them now. But Tech... And, oh, Sublime. Sublime's Sublime.
0: a big one. Sublime was another big one. Back in the day, I used one called uh, Chocolate. Okay. Never heard um, of this one? I wonder if it's it's spelled it's spelled chocolate without the e.
1: Okay, so I can you're, you're dating yourself. I know exactly which era this was. Oh, you do? Back, oh, I'm just in, just by the spelling because this is back when everyone thought that the company names all needed to be missing a letter.
0: Yep. Oh. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> there it is. I I just posted in the chat. And we'll post this inside of the show notes. Excellent. Um, I don't even know if this thing is even in development anymore, but it was almost like a Textmate killer is what it was supposed to be. Wow, um, this is very basic, very, very basic. Um, used to use that back in this, yeah. There were so many of them. They, these are back in the days when I used to want to switch text editors every few weeks just because I wanted to see what's out there. Mess oh, yeah. around with Vim for a little while, yep. Mac Vim, stuff like that.
1: Nice. Well, okay, so what um, are you using now? You're using uh, Spotify, you're using uh, Textmate, you're using um, Firefox
0: use firefox use vs code um like if i'm gonna be doing actual like a lot of work i will just use via, uh, visual studio code from microsoft as like an ide if you will when i'm not using something like xcode right. um the other one that i use is iterm
1: oh yeah um, yeah
0: yes it's still the best hands down the best terminal ter- uh, terminal emulator for mac os that is out there um absolutely love it. It's so fast. It's um got a lot of features. Works well with, you know, just the operating system and you know whether that's copy and paste or what have you. Being able to click links that are, you know, spit out by npm or something like that. Um
1: oh, that's cool. which is
0: a Node.js developer tool. Like if it gives, if it shows a link that it wants me to click, it'll let me click it. It'll send me straight to Firefox. It just works. Um way better than a lot of the electron apps i've seen like there's there's a a terminal application that's written in electron but i don't want to have a terminal using you know 250 <laughs> megabytes it doesn't make any sense
1: i uh so i go through these stages so right now i want to use as few apps as possible i would like to use the stock apps and i want to use them as as default as possible i have this fantasy that I'm going to be able to go up to any other Mac and be right at home and be able to be as productive as I, I can be on mine. But in right. reality, I hardly ever touch someone else's computer. Most of the time when I do, um, I, I'm very cautious and very airy and I don't, you know, don't just go in there and, uh, be obtrusive. So I, I'm really not you know jumping in there and doing key commands, but I, I have this, um, I guess it's back when I was doing some tech support for family and friends and, and uh, small business, I needed to be able to go fix other people's computers or, or you know, fix problems. So I needed to memorize all of the defaults and I needed to use them all. So I still have that kind of um, pattern or behavior in my, in my, my, my roots. Right. Um, so like I tried, iTerm 2 I used it for a long time, but now I'm just using regular terminal and, when I go, you know, when I never do this, but when I go to someone else's machine, I can open up terminal. It's the exact same. I do the same thing with Vim. I don't have any plugins on Vim. I don't have any, uh, any custom keyboard shortcuts. I'm just using all of the defaults when I'm using Xcode. I just use all of the defaults because I want to be able to you know, help someone else on their machine. If they're, uh, I guess Xcode is different because I do some mentoring of things weekly. So I need to be able to, um, do use defaults and help other people in Xcode. So I typically don't even try to remap something to something else. I would just memorize what it is. Um, and, and I know I'm missing out, but I, I do like the thought or the fantasy of being able to go to another machine and be as productive as I can on mine, but I'm not running as many apps as I used to run. Like I'm running Chrome and Safari, Slack Xcode and fork fork. Is a, a Git yeah. app? And it's the best Git app I've ever used. I've used a lot. I've used command line. I've used a lot. But Fork is really good and pretty. I'm a snob too. I want all my apps to be pretty. If the icon has like a, on a Mac, if it has like a a square background, it's white or ugly or if it's in the menu bar in the at the top it's right and it's in color and all the others are oh you know black and white you know i'm going to uninstall it i'm <laughs> just real real picky in my apps but i only want to use a couple and i want them to be really pretty and and function really well so i've, I've just kind of pared down but it sounds like you you're you keep mentioning indie apps and some of these smaller ones what other small ones are you using
0: um let's see um hmm. tweetbot tweetbot's a good one that yeah, looks pretty uh, though it, it is pretty textual seven is a, a irc client oh yeah um
1: you're still using an irc
0: i used to i haven't used i probably haven't used it in a few months because the network at my work was kicking me off every few seconds bummer um so i was just like bummer and now I, I mean because otherwise yeah i would actually invest in irc communities because i i much prefer irc over slack or discord um i, think... I use both of those
1: Discord and Slack are, are taking over. Like, it, it's surprising how many uh, communities I can get involved with with Slack or Discord that on IRC, um, it just, well, with Slack and Discord, you can search and you can see previous posts and you can get posts when you're offline. With IRC, you have to have the, the, the app running 24 7, and when you're on a mobile phone, that you can't do that. So IRC inherently on a phone just isn't going to be as good. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think, and I'm seeing these communities start to switch, but then there's always going to be the diehard groups like FFMPEG will have an IRC channel forever. Any command line app, they'll keep IRC for life.
0: Do you think that the levels of abstraction that have started to pop up in the past few years are like, To say slowly killing us is definitely an exaggeration, but we have a lot of levels of abstraction now. Um,
1: Give me some some examples.
0: So IRC is the one that pops up first in my head. So IRC, Internet Relay Chat was a protocol that people developed clients for, and there was somebody who actually had a server running, and you connected directly to that server, and you would just start talking to people, you know, it was very simple. It was very easy. And now we have things like Slack and Slack is not a protocol. I can't go and build a Slack client. Um, I can't run a Slack server, but I, the way that it would have to work is I would have to go and create a workspace and then people have to then sign up and create an account through Slack you know set up you know whatever authentication that they want whether that be through their gmail or you know some sort of some sort of email um and then maybe set up like two factor authentication and then it's like it's like i don't know i i just don't feel like i i feel like a lot of these things that we had in, in even email is one of them as well where email is a protocol it used to be that you have to um you know get an email server you know, registered email account with someone. But now it's almost like we don't think about that anymore. Email has almost become synonymous with Gmail in a way. Like, that's just kind of what people use. I mean, you do have your iClouds and your Outlooks, but when people think email, they usually think one of those services. It's less about, you know, having an email account or having an IRC chat room. It's more of everything's becoming synonymous almost with a brand. And I guess that's what I mean by abstraction. We've, we've abstracted ourselves so far away from the protocols. And again, we kind of talked about this um, in an earlier, earlier episode talking about like the openness of the web has kind of become abstracted onto these platforms. And I feel like it's a problem. I I have a couple thoughts. Yeah.
1: The network effect is huge. If all of your friends or all of your uh, your teammates are on Slack, you're going to join Slack. If they're all on LinkedIn, you're going to do LinkedIn. If they're all on Facebook, you're going to be there. Even if you don't like Facebook, if you're, my wife's in some uh, Disney group and they you know, do some crafty things and all of these people um, are in Facebook in this group, regardless if they like Facebook or not, they, the group has more, um, brings them more joy than any negative about using Facebook. So you know, regardless of their politics on Facebook, they're going to stay there. Um, one that really gets me, though, and this is—it's it, kind of like a protocol, I guess. Um, SMS text messages uh-huh. and iMessage. iMessage has a network effect. It, it's uh, iMessage is it's, it's not a protocol, but it's, it's kind it's of a like, platform. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's a platform, and people are using that in the barrier to entry is very low for iMessage. But I'm seeing a lot of people use that where I don't even use an Insta Messenger anymore. My Insta Messenger is now text messages. I don't use mm-hmm. AIM. I don't use, you know, I think most of the Insta Messengers have shut down now.
0: Are there any still going? I mean, possibly Google Hangouts. You could consider, you know, some sort of like, you know, AIM style thing, but like I Skype mean, might have I mean, something. Yeah. Skype. I mean, it has its chat, but I mean, I mean, all of these have gotten to the point where they're basically used like, you know, even iMessage and even SMS to a degree. Um, there's less of the effect of you wait for somebody to show up online and then you start talking to them and when they leave, you're like, "Okay, yes. I gotta get off, bye. Yes,
1: no, it's not like that anymore. It's I message you and you have it on your phone. You can respond immediately. There's no asynchronous about it. It's I'm messaging you, you have it. you and I can even see the read receipt of when you read it. So yeah, that's part of it too. Before I would wait, you know, oh he he's online. I can message him now. Um, that's exactly. Not, that's gone now.
0: It, it is gone for sure, you know. But like, I I feel uh, even though we have had improvements by having these platforms, you know, with reasons like this, I I feel like we're taking a step back because it used to be back in the day. You remember back? Uh, this was a long time ago. But if you were on Verizon or if you were on AT and T, you could only text people who were on AT and T. If you were yeah. on Verizon, you could only text people who were on Verizon.
1: And then they it, then they made it so that it was free between them. And then you yeah. So then your friends you want your friends to be on the same carrier. And then if you wanted to text across network, then that would cost. And then eventually that was yeah. It's come a long way, man.
0: It I mean it has come a long way. But I feel like I feel like we've taken a step back. And even though we don't, we're not charged, you know, for texting Android users. And in fact, Android users are kind of punished by not using iMessage because they lose a lot of the features that iMessage has. Oh, you know? there's a
1: new one coming out. Uh, RCS. I'm butchering this, but.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's it's supposed to be the open or, you know, the cross carrier version of iMessage, which has a bunch of improvements. But it's missing one very important one, which is encryption.
0: Yeah, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's uh, that's that's you know, I'd put that high on the priority list. You know, put that. Uh, yeah, when you're setting up your sprint next time or your Kanban table, maybe you should uh, put that as a higher priority next time. There you go. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I I think that's I think that's just my point. I find it you know interesting how history repeats itself. We have the the CompuServe's and AOLs, which are then kind of removed when MSN comes along. Yeah, and then we have you know the Facebooks, Facebook that Messenger. come around. That is you know, fa-
1: yeah. presence.
0: I, I feel I feel like we're going we we're constantly in this cycle of walled garden, not walled garden, free and open, walled garden, free and open, walled garden. You know, and it's it's very very interesting to watch. Um, but I also it's also kind of like I don't know it's not like so much that you have to pick a side it's more of it's more of just being careful with what you invest in
1: yep I'm with you,
0: you know because if slack disappears that takes that takes hundreds of thousands of communities with it yes you know and As I don't know does. that I want to give that responsibility to just anyone
1: hmm what else do we have reddit it's one that I'm not um, not bringing up, but Reddit has a long history,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, a lot of community there,
0: Facebook. Um, uh, even Twitter to a degree, I would Twitter, say. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, I'm trying to think. What else do I have on my phone right now? Because I, I, have, I have like all these. I mean, Instagram. I mean, Instagram is owned oh, by Facebook. I, what am I
1: thinking? Instagram, Snapchat. We were talking yeah, Instagram, about Snapchat, TikTok. Yeah, okay. They're here. It's just uh, we're not cool enough anymore.
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> these, these apps are too, uh, are, are for kids way younger than me. So, I mean, I feel like it's it's instead of having one massive walled garden, we're just jumping into a bunch of tiny ones, depending on what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it is. It's this app ecosystem. This, a uh, yeah, a bunch of tiny walled gardens. But yeah. I found out something. So, if it's on the web, and you're viewing all of these through the same uh, web browser. If all the sites are equal and you're viewing viewing them through Chrome or Firefox, you can put an ad blocker on and and block all of the, uh, uh, all the ads. Mm -hmm. If everything's an app, Slack and Instagram and iMessage and Snapchat or whatever, uh, they all can have, have, ads and we can't block them. So I think financially it's beneficial for them to have the walled gardens and to be able to have ads that you can't control rather than be open um, and be delivered through some other mechanism like a web browser. Definitely true. All right, man. Let's yeah, uh,
0: this, this, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to inter- interrupt, but this is stuff that I really enjoy talking about. Like look, taking a step back from just talking about the apps and coming and thinking more about, okay, well, what has changed? Cause this kind of all ties in with what we were talking about at the beginning with Mac OS, because back in the, the days of snow leopard, I think that one of the things we reminisce so much about is that these companies weren't trying to do everything. Like Facebook was not trying to have all of our attention all the time. You know, not be where you go to when you hop on the internet. It was, it was where you would go and post updates and occasionally post pictures of your drunk friends in college. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, it was where the cool kids went. Apple wasn't trying to launch TV networks. They weren't trying to, you know uh, you know, have an Apple card. You know.
1: Oh man, it was a simpler time.
0: It was a simpler time. They literally made operating systems, and they made Macs, and they made iPhones. They were, they didn't have. Oh. It's it's like all of these companies now want to own your life. Yes. In in a sense, they want to be your all in all in the in the tech world. Where and and to do that, to do that effectively, you have to own everything. Right. Full and stack. It, yeah. right, you have to own the full stack. And. Back then, there was, you know, they were going to be friendlier to indie developers because they needed them. True. They needed them to be able to create good apps that showcase their platform. Microsoft needed the same thing. And now they're getting to the point where they care less and less because if they own the full stack, um, you know, they they don't really need us as much. I mean, they do. They just don't realize it. Um, because they're so focused on just bringing people into their ecosystem and keeping them there. Like that's become their focus. It's less about building a great product that people really enjoy using and more about, we've got you. We need to keep you. I can see that. So I think that's my frustration because I feel like computing has become less about the art of making something very, very good and making something very, very usable and extendable. And it's become more about, you know analytics I never realized how much analytics I was going to be doing when I started my career as a software developer <laughs> analytics metric everything metric everything and retention yeah and that's a bummer I I really wish there was more just building really good software because you want to be able to build something that people enjoy using
1: every time I I'm going, I'm going to end this with uh, uh one of the thought Every time I'm going to websites or news or articles online, so I'll, I'll go to some article and the first thing that the website does is it pops up and says that uh, something about cookies, uh, you know, you click here to accept our, our privacy policy, and you're giving up all of your rights. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give up the rights. And then a notification pops up in the corner of the screen and it's like, uh, do you want this website to send you notifications? I'm like, oh, yeah, no. And then it's like, no. do you want to give your location permission to this website? I'm like, oh, no. And then I realized, oh well, then they still have me tracked from all these other cookies and things. So, yeah, I and I just want to read the article, but I'm getting hit with all of these uh, these little <laughs> pop ups and banners and and uh, and notifications and things. So it's, uh, yeah, no the the metrics that's here to stay. It's gonna fu- it's what funds all these cool endeavors. Um, it's what makes it all free, so we can you know, get our friends on there. But yeah, we are paying with our privacy.
0: Yeah, not fun. Alright, you want to do a Picks of the Week real fast? Yeah, let's
1: do one. Um, cool. last, uh, last podcast, uh, or a couple ago, I started reading a book series. Um, this book series, in fact, I don't even know the name of the title. So, I, I got... Let me grab it real fast. Audible is awesome. This book series is called... Uh, the Bobiverse. Uh, I guess... It's like, okay, let me start over. The first book was called "We Are Legion, We Are Bob," and it was a oh yeah,
0: you told me about book this. one yes. of
1: three. And it's this guy who gets, um, uh, he gets killed, and then they scan his brain and they turn it into an artificial intelligence, and then he like pilots a spaceship in the future. Awesome, had me at, like page two. It was so fun. Really, okay, this vacation, cool. and we were on the airplane and uh i had some some downtime so i you know started binging the other two books and i just couldn't put them down they're so good but um yeah the book is called we are legion we are bob and then book 2 is called uh for we are many and then book 3 is all these worlds i just could not stop but we'll put links in the uh in the show notes but yeah these these books are so they bring me so much joy and i want to you know talk about all and spoil and just talk about all the things, but I want to give you a chance to read them. Cause I think you'd love them.
0: We are Legion. We are Bob. Let's see. Buy now with one credit. Confirm purchase. Boom. Oh, done.
1: I, uh, about <laughs> four credits today. So with audible now, you, whenever you run out of credits, they'll sell you more and they're like, they're, they're like 70% off today or something.
0: So I was, I was loading up on books. There you go. So, yeah. all right, I've got this. I will be listening to this on my ride home. Awesome,
1: yeah. The first one, just just give like two hours, and if you are not, um, you know, totally hooked in, you know, I'll pay for your credit.
0: <laughs> you are good, but I appreciate <laughs> that. But I am sure I am gonna love it. I can't <laughs> wait. This is gonna be great. Um, speaking of which, all right, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about this more after a while. But I need some more book recommendations because I have three credits available and I need to use them. So let's talk um my recommendation is going to be a a 10 year old game halo reach which was remastered and re-released on the xbox one and pc halo is on pc again ladies and gentlemen first time in 10 years wow um and it's so nice to see a game which ran at 30 frames a second i think it ran at 720p on the xbox 360 (laughs) wow runs at 4k 60 frames a second on the xbox you know, 1080p or 4K depending on which what screen you have and then uncapped frame rate i think you can go up to 5K on PC and what else does it have oh yeah you can adjust your frame uh your field of view on on uh oh, that's PC cool. you know so it's a very very neat um neat game i mean i love it. it i've i've loved this game for a long time you should check it out if you're a PC gamer on Xbox go relive the past but it's going to look way nicer so awesome cool man man it's good to be back
1: yeah it's been a while let's uh let's keep this going man sounds good oh tj yeah um you're probably not gonna believe this but uh, i haven't found my watch yet
0: well shane podcasting is hard (laughs) good night man good night